ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory which you have given me because you have loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I have made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. The Gospel of the Lord. So thank you again for inviting me to worship with you all today. I appreciate the opportunity. As Pastor Mark has said, I am Pastor Amanda Gafarian, and I serve at Lutheran Campus Ministry uh, down at Indiana University, Bloomington. And every time I go and I preach or I worship with a congregation, I've got this little thing that I do based on something that our, my congregation, previous congregation for the past 10 years, um, had always done. And it goes like this. God is good all the time. And then your response would be, all the time God is good. Do you think you could handle that? Maybe? Okay. God is good all the time. All the time... God is good. So I like to, to start and remind us that when we're stunting ourselves. So I have a question for you all. How many of you have ever prayed for somebody before? So yeah, everybody here probably. We do it every Sunday in our, in our services. Have you ever sat down one-on-one -on -one and prayed with somebody before for them? You probably have. You might not be remembering it. But what I want to know is why. Why do we pray for people? What did you say? For healing. Okay. What else? Because we want God to hear and make the person better. Okay. What else? We feel their pain. You can just shout it out. I'm pretty, we're, I was told we're really laid back here, but everybody's raising their hands. I'm not a teacher. That's not my calling. Okay. 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 
So why? You're all, you're all ans- you're very good at answering reasons logically. Why do we pray? Because people are hurting. People need healing. People need to hear that God loves them. But why do we do it? We believe God is good all the time. God is good. It's good to be rooted in that. Yeah. So this conversation has really come up a lot this week with everything going on in the world. The, the idea of why do we pray? What is it that we hope that prayer accomplishes? You know, I've re- ever since I started reading the text this week, things have been popping out everywhere. It's, it's like one of those things. When you're looking for yellow, all you're going to start seeing is yellow. You're going to start seeing yellow everywhere. And it's like that with this prayer thing. Everything seems to be revolving around it. We pray not because we think we're going to change God's mind on something, but prayer is a relationship. Prayer is the communication that we have with God. We're giving it back to God. We're giving everything back to God. Because God can handle it even when we can't. When we want to cry and when we're frustrated and when we're hurting, we pray because we know that God is with us and is our great comforter. When we're happy and we're joyful and we're celebrating graduations, we pray because we know that God is in our corner as our cheerleader and our father and our our parent figure who is so proud of those accomplishments. And when we just have no idea what else to do, we pray because God is also our teacher and invites us to hear and to listen and to guide us to what we need to do. You know, when I was in CPE, which is clinical pastoral education, part of our training to become a pastor, it was so vital to the medical staff to have the chaplain in all emergency trauma situations. It wasn't that we had any special skills of healing or doing something that none of the doctors or nurses could do. But it was that they knew that just having the presence there was a reminder that they were not alone in this task. That they had a bigger person, purpose, God with them in this task. And so we think about that. What does prayer do? It does something. We might not be able to pinpoint it, but it does something. And when I end the conversation with students at the campus ministry, when they're hurting or when they have just let everything out, I always invite them, can I pray with you and can I pray for you? Because prayer does something. It calms them. It centers them. It reminds them that in this world that is so chaotic, when classes are hard, when things are not going the way we want them to necessarily, that God is with us. In the trenches, God is with us. On the battlefields, God is with us. In the classrooms, God is with us. In the congregation, God is with us. And so it hurt my heart this week that when some of the things that I was seeing about prayer were my friends, who some of them were pastors, were crossing out thoughts and prayers that people were giving and putting words or actions and change. And it hit me hard because 
We are Lutherans, people. We are the both and. We need action and change, yes, but we also need to be rooted in prayer and thoughts and discerning so that we can know what God's love is leading us to do and so that all of our actions and our change come out of God's call for us to love the least of these. And what we do is directly reflected by what God is calling us to do in showing mercy and fighting against injustices. In today's gospel lesson, Jesus prays. He prays long enough that the Revised Common Lectionary splits this chapter 17 prayer up into three years' worth. So on this Sunday between Ascension on Thursday, that was this previous Thursday, and Pentecost next Sunday, we hear a bit of this priestly prayer that Jesus prays Right on Monday, Thursday, before he's going to be betrayed by Judas, before Peter's going to deny him, before all the other disciples go and hide in fear and run away, Jesus prays this prayer. It's kind of like a prayer that a parent prays when they're sending their kid out after graduation off to college. It's a prayer that's kind of like saying, you know, I've taught them all I can, I know you know, what I've shown them, and now I'm trusting in you, God, that what I've taught them is deeply ingrained so that when they go out on their own, they're going to know that you are with them always. They're going to know the right thing to do because they're going to know you. You and I are one, and because of me coming, I have made you known to them. And because I have made you known to them, They know how much you love them. They know how much you love the world. And may they all someday be one. This isn't unity that we're talking about. We don't all have to be the same. In fact, our differences are what makes the world beautiful and complex and just a wonderful place to be. But the unity that Christ is talking about here that expands the ages from the disciples that he's praying for in the present, uh, in the past there to the disciples that he prayed for that led us to this place to the disciples that he's praying for that will come after us is the unity of God's love. It's the trajectory that follows throughout the gospel of John. It's God's love that conquers everything. And so Jesus is here and he is praying, may they all be one in your love. So that when push comes to shove and life gets hard and when things don't make sense and there's nothing to do, we can sit in your love and find the answers. And when there are no answers, we can sit in God's love and be with God. So my dear siblings in Christ, as we navigate this time of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God, the time of already and not yet, the time of waiting and watching and discerning and hoping that Christ is present with us and Christ will come back and Christ will fulfill all the promises that he's laid out for us. When we're waiting this time for the kingdom of God to fully be revealed, Let us spend time in prayer. 
Let us spend time in that conversation with God, praying for each other, for our highs and our lows, for everything and anything, because God wants to hear it all. But also then, let us not let that prayer be the end-all, be-all. Let that prayer have some discernment in it so that we can hear God's voice through it, through the silence, so that we can take the next steps and lead us out to sharing God's love with all the world so that we may not have to live each day in fear, but rather to live in the hope that comes from Christ alone. So in Jesus' name, we pray and we say, Christ is risen. Alleluia. Yeah, it's still Easter, people. Just, just through today, but it's still Easter. Amen.